Blog Talk Radio. It's that time of year when families gather together to reopen old feelings. And Silver Bell Records is proud to present A Dysfunctional Family Christmas. This is the album your family is sure to cherish for Christmases to come. Christmas time, you force a smile. Everyone is joining in the group denial. Folks behaving infantile. Family Christmas time. Hit after dysfunctional hit. Songs like the almost perfect Christmas. Get timeless favorites like Someday I'll Get Christmas Right. I've got my drinking under control for the holidays. Peace on Earth, where? And the daughter's saw. Presents and wrapping paper, ribbons and bows and all that stuff. Why do we even bother? Nothing we can do is good enough. And this country Christmas classic. Every Christmas when you got drunk, I told the children you were not drunk. And I said, Tommy, you're not being bad. It's just that Christmas makes your mommy mad. You'll get, can't you let it drop? It's Christmas. What I want, you can't buy me. Fruitcake and shame. And why am I the only one who knows what Christmas really means? And many more. Underneath the mistletoe in the two-by-two jingle bell world. And underneath all those extra sounds is a very pretty girl. of Archivist Bets on Sexy Witches. This is our very special Christmas episode. Everyone gets one, so we get one too. And we're a dysfunctional family here. That was the Saturday Night Live clip way back in the day. Rest in peace, Phil Hartman. We miss you and love you dearly. Here we are talking about one of the biggest movie releases in horror this year. And this year has been a really fucking good movie year for horror. And here it is, Michael Doherty, trick or treat Michael Doherty, who had the underground hit that was never meant to be, now has a wide-release PG-13 horror film called Krampus, World of Xmas Horror. So... Welcome to Christmas with the Devil and Christmas with the Sexy Witches. But I can't do this uh, Geek Girls Perspective podcast alone. I have to have my coven here. So let me introduce my sexy witches. (laughs) 
from Eugene, Oregon, an aspiring filmmaker, published writer, currently writing for Living Dead magazine. You would have just saw her at Living Dead HorrorCon if you were in the Portland, Oregon area a couple weeks ago. She's a huge horror fan, a regular participant in live-action role-play. Look for her wolfy attitude and personal writings on her popular blogs and YouTube channels. Please welcome to my show my sexy werewitch co-host, and that is Queenie Todd, the demon blogger. How are you doing, sweetie? I'm doing all right, hanging in there. I'm excited for the Krampus movie. I'm good. You didn't give us a howl, so I'm concerned. Are you really going to be able oh, to sorry. make it tonight? <laughs> Oh, and so, okay, much better, much better. Thank you, thank you, thank you. No, yeah, we just know if we don't get our how, you know, off to a bad start, bad start. So, you know, we got our how, so True. we're good. So, True. great. I'm so glad you're excited for the Krampus movie. You know, whether it's good or not, it's always exciting when you have, like, some kind of, like, cool little film, and it just looks so awesome and cute and gory, and I can't wait. Uh, but let's keep on going. we got more sexy witches to introduce. My second sexy witch is from Clifton Forge, Virginia. She's a regular on the East Coast HorrorCon circuit. You would have saw her in Halloween at Walker Stalker in Atlanta walking around. You couldn't really miss her with her galaxy purple hair. Uh, she is a <laughs> horror movie fan and a self-professed super fan of the Marvel Universe. Please welcome to the show my sexy witch co-host, Erin Marie. How you doing, sweetie? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm glad you're doing better, but, you know, I know it wasn't completely a great day. No. <laughs> no. It no, no day ever day. is. No. It was a garbage day. <laughs> At least yesterday almost was. And it's garbage yeah. day now. I tell you All what right, I felt so- like this past week. I felt like street trash. Ah, I like street <laughs> trash. Oh, that's not a good thing to feel like, my dear. But I hope you like you're not melted from the inside out, though. You're still here with us. Like so you... Yeah. Okay. I, well, I think I think my earthly body is kind of keeping it all in at the moment. Yeah. So you know, feet on the ground, head on a podcast. Like, does that work? Exactly. Right. Absolutely. So, Cleanie. So, Cleetie, I'm gonna. Yep. Uh, how how is the Oregon scene going so far at the beginning of this Christmas season? Oh my. Uh, well, I don't really go out a lot, so I can't tell you like directly. But I've seen so much crap on my Facebook wall already. I'm just like, I want to hide. You know, because I'm a Grinch, and in the, in the you know, I focus on the holiday horror. That's how I celebrate the holidays. Because this, I, I just don't do this. <laughs> I celebrate everything because I really have no choice because I grew up in a household full of every type of person in existence. So, and with a six-year-old, it's bringing Christmas into the house whether I want it or not because, you know, I keep trying to tell her Santa doesn't exist and she ain't having it. She's like, no, no don't exist. do that. You take away the I, magic. You've got to keep the magic. Oh, no. She knows the difference between real magic and Christmas magic. Trust me on that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Keep the Christmas the magic. Keep Santa Claus. All. Look, I can't get rid of Santa Claus. That's what I'm saying. She, like, <laughs> totally, like, like, no, he exists. He's real. Deal with it. And so is Rudolph. Okay. Okay, Lily. Okay. You know what you need to do to balance it. it out a little? You need to start <laughs> telling her the story of Krampus. 
And there was a, a comedian I was watching. He was a Canadian comedian or something. And he said that uh, Krampus was terrifying in his household because his dad took great pleasure in putting on huge boots <laughs> and, like, stomping around the house saying that he was looking for kids that were awake to eat. <laughs> well, That's I awesome. I gave a Krampus in Krampus in small doses. I have been, and I even said since the movie is PG-13, if she wanted to, I'd actually take her to see Krampus. And she said, nah. That was her response. So she's like, <laughs> she's like, it's, she's just not interested in scary, scary horror movies. She, she's still on the classic universal level. That's about as spooky as it gets for her. So it's all good. So I'm going to bring on real quick, Queenie and and Erin, our guest host the evening, a guy that is one of my favorite bloggers on the web. He's his name is Cash Wampon, AP, or his real name is Andrew da- uh, Damien, and uh, he runs the Horror One Hundred and One podcast, which all of us should be on at some point, right? I've been on it. Doc Terra's been on it, uh, and Queenie and Erin. At some point, you should guys should be on this show because it's a lot of fun, and he edits and puts a lot of time into it. But I was going to give him a theme, but I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and play the Krampus trailer and bring him in from there. So after that, we'll bring him right in. Of course, everything's slow today. It's the most. Wonderful time of the year With the kids jingle bells Merry Christmas! Looks like Martha Stewart threw up in here. This is delicious, honey. It's a little dry. Well, mine's delicious. Mine's dry. Do you want to trade? It's the high Christmas. It's Christmas. It's Christmas. Look at With those holiday greetings and How we're going to survive Christmas with 12 people stuck in a house with no heat and no electricity. Or food. There's plenty of leftovers, Howard. Beer it is. It's the weirdest thing. There's no cars, no people. How long can this keep up? We heard something on the roof. What the hell is this? St. Nicholas is not coming this year. Instead, a much darker ancient spirit. Those are hooves. Elk? Or a goat? What kind of goat walks on its hind legs? His name is Krampus. He and his helpers did not come to give, but to take. Hold on to each other. He is the shadow of St. Nicholas. Nothing bad's gonna happen on Christmas. 
with us on the line is guest host Cash Wampum. How you doing, sir? Welcome to the what sexy witches. Ho ho ho! What is up, sexy witches? <laughs> oh, you got that right. Uh, we got three hoes. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. Oh God! <laughs> Sorry, I'm a classy hoe. Garbage day. Hey guys, what's up? Garbage oh, day. So, <laughs> so hey, uh, Cash Wildcard, how is it going up in the Great White North, eh? Well, still no snow here, but it's getting cold. So you know he's up in Windsor, Ontario. He's supposed to be getting a oh. lot of snow right now, but you know he's not there getting snow yet. So you know. No, you want snow, you go to London. Two hours north of me, you got the snow belt. We don't get it so bad, but London, you want snow, go to London. Ah, well, I'll I'll take your word for that. So uh, uh, they're saying the the Walmanac saying we're going to have one of the worst winters in history. So let's see if they're telling us the truth. So, I heard it was supposed but, to be um, the mildest, uh, the mildest winter in a while. Apparently, El Nino is supposed to be the strongest it's been in like 20 years. So, because of it, we're supposed yeah. to have a mild winter. I'm trying to hold on to that. It's like all yeah. the snow is supposed to come out to us this time, right? Well, my back still know, hurts from all the getting, snow I shoveled last year. They're getting slammed in California and Oregon right now. I was told. Yeah. Uh, is that true, Queenie? There's places where they're getting true. lots they're of snow. They're having a nice storm in Portland. Yep, they're having an ice yeah. storm in Portland. We're not as yeah. bad as Portland because we're like what two or three hours away, but mm-hmm. um, we because we're because we're in a valley, the cold gets stuck a lot in there, and you and you can't escape it. It can be really really nasty even without snow. So uh, I believe I just, it. I've been. I well, I, it's unusual though. I mean. Portland most yeah. time is relatively moderate for most of the year. You 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 have well, two seasons. Yeah, the wet hoodie season. You have wet hoodie season and you have dry hoodie season. It's kind of how it works mm-hmm. up there. You know, put a bird on it in the springtime. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, Dream of the nineties was alive <laughs> in Portland. Oh uh, yes. You know, I I was talking to my best friend. His name is Alex, and he just moved from Portland, Queenie, all the way out here. And he's like, and I'm telling him about this Krampus show. And he's like, oh, well, we've done Krampus, like, all in 10 years in Portland. I'm like, well, that's nice. I'm really glad. But it's like, now I have opportunity to go near me. I can't, don't have to fly to Portland because there's Krampus events everywhere. And that makes me happy. And in the theaters. Yeah. (laughs) Like, really? Okay, whatever. As long as you do the Krampus thing, have fun with it. I don't care. <laughs> I have a Krampus costume, actually. Because I want to do the uh, play a... at some point, but I haven't been well enough. I, I wish I had been well-versed himself. enough in Krampus to actually incorporate him into my children's uh, upbringing. But oh, maybe next you can time. You bring him in now? He's, he's waiting. Well, I, he's I think I might do it to my grandkids. That'll be fun. Grandma's going to Grandma's going to torture the grandkids. Ah, cool. 
Well, Krampus really hasn't been, I mean, the internet really is what brought Krampus over from, from the earth. Yep. I mean, it wasn't really noticeable. I didn't notice it until, like, I saw it in my feed, and I kind of knew about it. Didn't know it was as big as it was. And, you know, it kind of spread like wildfire the last few years, and the horror geeks definitely picked up on it. Uh, Cash, do, do you have Krampus in, in Ontario? Uh, I, I'm kind of like yeah, you guys. I think Krampus is more of a Eastern European kind of deal. I think it's always been, uh, it's been an old story. I think um, over here in the Western uh, world, things have always been, it's kind of new. Like all of the traditions have kind of been, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. Like Saint Nicktus is the red, uh, the the big beard and the red coat and the reindeer, where Father Christmas is over in Europe. It's not necessarily the red coat or anything, but I'm pretty sure Krampus is an old story that's just now making its way around the, the world. And I'm all for it, you know. Little whippersnappers aren't good. I mean, when I was growing up, if you were bad, you got coal. Wasn't that always the story? Uh, yeah, it comes Chris, from Krampus. Santa would though. give you that some coal in your stocking, open. and that was it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and I, I remember when I was about seven or eight years old. I remember I, I was about seven or eight years old thinking. She was bad one year, and she got coal for Christmas. And uh, there's only one story I've ever heard of that. She got coal one year. But this yep. whole Krampus thing, uh, yeah, I'm all for it. Because if you ain't good, then you don't deserve presents, especially not from some magical old man that's traveling around with reindeer. You know, I, I think uh, Christmas should uh, deliver uh, what you give into the rest of the year. Why not? Well, you know, Krampus in origin is Austrian, and so uh, there's, uh, you know, you can go, there's a whole Krampus.com page if you want to learn about Krampus, and if you Google Krampus and hit the image icon, it's awesome, because you'll see all these amazing German uh, and all sorts of different countries versions of Krampus post, uh, postcards. It's much bigger in Europe than it is here. It's just creeping over on the internet and we just kind of, been, us geeks and goths kind of like embraced it. You know, we love it, you know. And Christmas horror in general, there's more than this camp. I want to say Krampus is just one drop because if you actually look at Christmas as yeah. a whole, it is scary. There's a lot of scariness in Christmas, in traditional Christmas. I'm not talking about the movies we're going to talk about tonight. I'm talking about, like, old school stories. A Christmas Carol is a ghost story, for example. Uh, you know, there's there's demons, there's, you know, there's ghosts, there's angels, all sorts of scary things <laughs> that happen in these stories. And, you know, and, and I like when people don't, People often forget it, and like it's not just Krampus. There's also the Sandman has connections, and he, he also punishes kids at night that don't sleep, uh, and that's incorporated into the Nutcracker. The Nutcracker is fucking terrifying. Come on, the villain is a friggin' rat, you know, a giant rat with a crown. Uh, and don't forget the pedophile aspect of that. I mean, <laughs> oh, come man. on now. These are small. Uh, this is a, a girl, but not yet uh, a teen. So creepy. Well, but she does. She does magically age for the second half of the story. That's uh, that's only yeah. Mm. I know it's a cop out. Trust me. I'm just I'm just watching. Yeah, I want to bring on one more person, and it's we're all, and that's it for this hour. We're gonna have 
five people. We can juggle it back and forth, fight each other for time. It's okay. Queenie, you got, it. You, we, you got this one because this is your lead because this is your strength. You were actually seeing most of these films. I've only seen a few, but I had to oh, bring someone in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Christmas horror. Oh yeah, I, I know Cash. I love Cash it. loves Christmas horror, and he loves eighties horror. Me too. And it so overlaps. You guys do. So these are really your feel. This is really your show. But I did want to bring one other person in because I really wanted to talk to him about his movie because he made a film. He wrote a film. He produced it, and it's his second feature. His first feature, uh, Don't Go to the Reunion, did pretty well for Slasher Studios, which is his little label there. And uh, now he's got Dismembering Christmas, which is his own. Christmas Christmas slasher movie, and I'm going to play the trailer right now and bring him in right after. So hold on. Just a moment, Sexy Witches and Sexy Warlock from Canada. I'll be back with you in an hour, a minute 34. So, what now? We could play another game. Do we have Clue? I fucking love Clue. I don't want to play a murder mystery after what that weirdo told you guys. Honestly, that guy probably just doesn't want us up here partying. There's nothing to worry about. There's no killer lurking in the woods. Nobody's lived here for years. I don't know, man. Don't be so quick to debunk urban legends, all right? Something fucked up might have happened here. Halls with all decorated guts or something. Can you imagine it? The whole place decorated with organs and fingers and stuff. Blood splashed on the walls, the toes in place of candles or something. Oh, I think everyone should be with their family on Christmas. It's what the holidays are all about. Sorry, what the heck are you guys talking about? Apparently, some guy was killed here. All of a sudden, family became more important than friends. Well, shouldn't it be? They're gone. There's nobody here. Tough crowd, huh? I feel like I'm losing all my friends. We have to get out of here. Everybody's dead. You don't think I already know this? You don't think I'm scared? Here's to the best Christmas of our lives. And thank you for holding, Kevin. You're welcome. You are on the Sexy Witches. Lexi Witches, Kevin Summerfeld of Slasher Studios, the producer of This Membering Christmas. He also wrote it, so congratulations. How are you doing, sir, today? I'm doing fantastic. How are you guys doing? Uh, thanks for having me on. Well, thank you for being on the show. Uh, we always love, I, you know, when I knew I was going to be doing a Christmas episode, there was only two people besides my own sexy witches I wanted to be on this first hour. One was Cash up in Horror 101 up in Ontario in the Great White North, and you, sir, Kevin Summerfield, who also, by the way, Queenie and I are on the Fright Meter Committee, which is a small group of people on the web that vote on our favorite horror films, and Kevin's also part of that committee. So there was nobody else I wanted on the show but you, sir, today. So thank you for coming on. Oh, I feel honored. Thank you very much. So uh, before we talk about your own film, uh, we were talking about Krampus, and we wanted to know what you feel about Krampus as a phenomenon, and are you thinking about the film? You know, it's really funny. I was listening to you guys um, before I was brought on about the whole Krampus phenomenon, and it's one of those weird things that I feel like up until maybe three, four years ago, I'd never heard of it. It was kind of like the whole, like, 
elf on the shelf thing where like I'm like, where did this come from? Have people have been celebrating this forever. Um, I I do like it. Um, you guys mentioned that it's kind of you know, Christmas is just overall it's just kind of a creepy time of the year. I mean, you guys mentioned all of the other kind of elements of, of Christmas folklore and then you got, you know, cold winter nights and it's just I'm really excited for the movie. Um, I was a huge fan of Trick or Treat, so it's pretty much everyone else. But, you know, it's one of those things where Christmas just kind of invites itself into the horror atmosphere, whether it's, you know, the the snow or you can put blood on it or, you know, just the kind of the, the colorful Christmas decorations. Like, it's just you can't have that any other time of the year. So I, I welcome any kind of Christmas horror we can get. Exactly. Like one of the very first and most famous episodes of Tales from the Crypt is the Santa Claus one with Larry Drake. It's freaking great. Yeah, exactly. I don't know that episode. I barely saw any of Tales of the Crypt first run. I didn't have HBO for that entire run, which was like, what, 10 Uh, seasons? Oh, you wouldn't catch me without Tales from the Crypt. That was my entire teenage years. I thought. So I do... I do love Christmas horror, and, and there's a personal reason, and, and, and Quinny and I both have a very similar personal reason for not having a lot of fun around Christmas, but we won't talk about the personal reason, but we can talk about the slight like animosity and resentment towards the holiday we get this time of year, because you know, there is this element of loneliness that's involved with Christmas. And I know one of the reasons why I lost on to Christmas horror is because it got rid of the loneliness and made me laugh. And uh, I don't know if Queenie had a similar experience with that. Similar. Yeah, similar. That's part of it. Another part of it is, you know, kind of my way of rebelling against the holidays, you know, like screw you and all your happy, shiny fun. (laughs) You know, I want my demons and I want my monsters because that's what Christmas is to me. But I like my happy, shiny fun. You have it all day. Christmas has all that. Day day. Christmas has I that stigma to it as well. Happy, it's always shiny fun. Christmas right. has that stigma to it as well because a lot of people get depressed. I mean, uh, look at Phoebe Cates in Gremlins back in the '80s. There, she coined it. Really. She's like uh, a lot of people. Awesome. They get depressed <laughs> yeah. on. Uh, they get depressed on Christmas. It's it's true statistically. Suicides are up. People are depressed for, you know, people are broke at the end of it. They get their bill in January from all the, the shopping and the gift giving and stuff like that. It is, it's, uh, it takes a toll on your psyche. It's, there is definitely a very dark side to the holiday. Uh, it does. But that's why, I, that's why I like to fill out my taxes January 30th, and then by February I've got taxmas. That's what I call when I get my tax money. <laughs> taxmas. <laughs> That's brilliant. I always get I, I get double whammies like that as well. I get slammed with the property tax in December, and I'm the one in charge of buying presents. So I'm always super broke this time of year, and I don't buy anybody anything because I'm poor. You know, I'm not poor. I just like when I buy a present, I want it to mean something. And I'm like, ah, I'm always broke this time oh, exactly. of year. That's why. Like, I don't like I don't like that you're made to feel like you have to do certain things. Like the oh, yeah. holiday is so saturating, like you feel like you are forced to behave a certain way. And that's not how everyone works. Exactly. Like the odd thing about the uber consumerism that goes into all of this. And it's always been really I find that more terrifying than any of these horror films. 
that we can watch is watching people consume products like like that and not give a crap what happens afterwards. You know, it, yeah, you know, matter of fact, you know, it, it, it actually most of these horror films are a metaphor for that. You know, so. Uh, oh yeah, you um, look at Silent Night, Deadly Night, where the main character who ends up going nuts and killing people worked in a toy store. He did yep. work. That Billy, we love Billy. Billy. Naughty. Punish. <laughs> okay, but I don't want to date people, but how many people remember when Silent Night, Deadly Night came out and saw Roger and Ebert pan at first run? No, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> I, so was that I was eight. But I, I, didn't, I didn't start yeah, watching I Ebert and Roper. I didn't start watching Roger Ebert until like uh, maybe about 88, 89, about the same time I started watching the Oscars, which is my left foot. Uh, I believe this is the first broadcast I saw it would have been 89. Oh, my God. You guys missed out on some crazy-ass shit that happened in the 80s, okay? Silent Night, Deadly Night, like, there was, like, not only did Roger Ebert and Siskel pan the crap out of it, like, they, like you can go on the web, and I will post it on the Facebook Oh, they, they, it crazy. was beyond. They said it was like a horrible thing, and it was the devil and fiscal and evil. A lot of parent like groups were all just up in arms mad. over that film. A lot of yeah. parent oh, groups came out, that. and they were all over the place. How dare you? They were saying, "How dare you piss on the sanctity of Santa Claus and bring us this trash?" <laughs> well, and it was real. You know, in the, the, the early days, it was a, it was different. <laughs> And so here it is, you know, I was young, so was Cash, and here it is, like, okay, this big controversy with this movie, which I wouldn't have even known about if it wasn't lambasted all over the news on today's show, talking about this horrible, terrible film with a Santa Claus suit and an axe. And it's like, okay, guys, you kind of defeated your own purpose with that, because now every kid in America that's eight or older wants to see that movie, and we did. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I went to watch it. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, cool!" That film was actually—I mean, okay. There's a scene earlier in the show. Uh, at night, the car breaks down or whatnot. Kid gets out of the car and watches Santa Claus rape and murder his mom. Like if that now, <laughs> when that happened, that's when all the parents were going nuts. Like, how dare you do that? You know, it wasn't it was just because it was, a, it was a killer Santa. It was like yeah. that. That was a po- very powerful scene. You watch it now, and it's, you feel dirty watching that. That is a very powerful scene. It's well Queenie, done. you were broken up there. It Can is you very go well ahead done. And yourself? Oh, sorry. Um, I was just saying, like I, I grew up seeing the people protesting that movie, and it made me want to see it more. So, oh, like, yeah. <laughs> There's an evil Santa Claus in it. Cool. <laughs> and, you know, yeah, it, it was it was quite a fervor. That's the only way I can describe it. The only other times I think I saw people get that crazy about something like that was Cop Killer and Ice Tea, and oh. uh, the Last Temptation of Christ, which was like the craziest protest I had ever seen in my life. So, the, the, if you were living in the '80s, those three moments were uh, very memorable. Let's just put it that way. So, uh, now Kevin, uh, it, obviously you followed in the footsteps of Billy here because you have axe murdering uh, Santa Clauses in your movie, do you not? Um. Well, 
Yeah, I, I won't give too much away, but I will say that it's it's not so much the Santa Claus, it's the killer dressed as Mrs. Claus. <laughs> oh. oh. Oh, hell, that would have been a better role for me. <laughs> yeah, so, it's like, I would say like, our killer's like a combination, looks-wise, of Mrs. Claus mixed with, like, Leatherface. Sweet. <laughs> Does she wear the skins of elves? Just please tell me. What was that? Does she wear the skins of elves? Because I would skin those little bastards. <laughs> I guess you'll just have to watch the movie and find out. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, please, and watch this movie. Um, but, uh, Kevin, so obviously, this is your second film that you've been involved with, and obviously you're a lover of slashers. What, was it, what made you want to do a Christmas horror movie? Was there a one Christmas horror movie that really inspired you, like Silent Night, Deadly Night, or you just said, fuck it, I love Christmas, but I love destroying and killing more? Well, it's really funny, kind of the genesis behind this project, because when I first started writing on the script, the day I started writing the script was the day that they announced Friday the 13th, whenever it's going to come out, sequel, remake, reboot, whatever you want to call it. But I was, like, talking to a friend of mine. I'm like, why don't they make a Friday the 13th during Christmas time? Like, it's just, it'd be perfect. Like, Jason's slashing up people on the lake. Like, you can have, like, skiing and sledding and all this stuff. And I'm like, they're probably never going to make that. So that was kind of the genesis that kind of built the idea of Dismembering Christmas. And I kind of went from there. I mean, I had kind of a checkpoint list of everything that I wanted to include in a Christmas slasher. Uh, Like I said, without giving too much away, I will say that every guest in the movie is either inspired by the Christmas um, holiday or by winter in general. Um, They all follow that same pattern. There's a very... um, very strict plan to how the killer is killing people, but yeah, I mean, I just wanted to have fun. You know, if I were to describe this movie in one sentence, I would say it's Black Christmas meets Friday the 13th. I love Black Christmas. That's one of my top five favorite movies. 1974, of course. Me too. Yeah, Black Christmas is my all-time favorite. It's amazing, and it's one of the first ones. It's just perfect. I only saw it like a couple years ago because you know, I was like a huge hole in my life with slasher until a few years back. And there is one thing I love about that movie and is that there's actually one kill and then a lot of downtime before the next it happens, but it's always there. The girl in the window is, is such, I think that moment defines the entire genre right there is like even though it's the sense of dread that you know there's a girl in the attic dead and all these people have no clue that this is going to happen to them pretty brilliant movie and uh you know i wish i had seen it earlier i'm a huge fan of olivia hussey so and margo kidder's in it too so i was like oh yeah why didn't i stumble across this before i you know and don't forget about john saxon because john saxon's the man Oh, John yeah, like, motherfucking Saxon. You gotta say it right. Damn John right. John motherfucking Saxon. John motherfucking Saxon. John Saxon was. He, he almost wasn't <laughs> like, in the film. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot right. about that. He, they brought they shipped him in because he was replacing another actor who dropped out at the last minute. He literally got off the plane. They gave him a hat and coat, and they shipped him to the set. <laughs> and that's how he got the job. 
Uh, well, it's John motherfucking Saxon. He can do almost anything. We love <laughs> exactly. Him here. He is. He is a geek husband, you know. He was even. I still am mad at Argento because Tenebrae is my favorite Argento film. But I think John Saxon is underused in that movie. He had so much more potential than that. But you know, it's still John motherfucking Saxon, and he's in Dream Warriors, which is my one of my all-time favorite movies. So you know, we can't go wrong with him. Uh, so uh, yeah, I digress. Excuse me, um, Queenie. I'm gonna throw it yes. to you. Okay, so we talked about Black Christmas 1974. I know you've seen the remake. Have you not? I have, unfortunately. Yes. Can you? <laughs> yeah. Can you compare the two? Can you talk about like, like, you know, like are they apples and oranges, as uh, some people would say, or you know, what? Elaborate. The for remake. Me. The remake suffers the same problem that most remakes do, where they just sort of they barely have a grasp of what the story was trying to convey and they just tell it through this really bland lens. And, like, there's there's things uh-huh. in the remake where they try to make you relate more to the bad guy, you know, the character who kills people. But, like, you don't want to know his huge backstory because in Dark, uh, Black Christmas, he's really mysterious. You don't know why he's doing these things. You, you just know he's horrifying because he's sneaking up on these women and he's fucking with them and he's phoning them and, you know, like... They, they do the me, same thing in the remake, but it's but you now know like his backstory and that his mom abused him and all this shit. You know, like the same thing like Halloween had the problem with when Rob Zombie exactly. did Halloween. Yeah, that's what they you, did with Black Christmas. Exactly, I couldn't I, agree I more. Completely, one hundred percent agree. When you try to give the monster a motive, they cease becoming uh, being a monster. That's the whole problem. Mm-hmm. And with like um, Halloween, they also were all assholes. Like everybody was an asshole in that film. Like you couldn't relate to anyone because everyone was an asshole. And it was so poorly lit, I couldn't see the friggin' screen. But that's another story. Yeah. I mean, ugh. Uh, that, I, I, thing, I could go. I could probably write papers on what was wrong with the Halloween remake, and I know people love it. But ah, uh, uh, anyway, we're, let's not talk. Wrong holiday. Wrong holiday. <laughs> so, uh, I, I was making a comparison because they were very similar, like the remix. Oh, of Black I know, I agree. No, no, I, I, I'm just saying, it's wrong. I'm, I'm making a joke about that, sweetie. I think it's funny. No, I totally fucking agree with you. We all do. I think everyone like 100 agreed with you on that one. I have a lot just of problems just, with these new remakes. The polish of it, you know, it's pretty. It's way too pretty, like pretty. a lot of the new slasher films. I like my flasher films to be gritty. I mean, there is a place for the good, awesome camera work. I mean, come on, we've got Sam Ramey and Bill Pope both starting in horror. But, you know, I, if you're doing a slasher, I've always preferred the more, like, gritty, icky, except Christmas horror. I think Christmas horror should be kind of pretty and sparkly. Like, Jack Frost wins because it's a very shiny, bright movie, I even though it's totally stupid. <laughs> so... Oh, that's um, that movie. <laughs> the sex scene is the Has anybody else other than me seen Rare seen. Exports? I have. Uh, that's an amazing oh, yeah. film. Oh, yeah. What about our... Of hell. Uh, Kevin and Cash, have you guys seen it? I couldn't hear you. Yeah, no, I, I haven't seen I was supposed to watch that uh, last year. I haven't seen I'm going to make a point to watch it this year, though. Oh my God! If you guys, uh, if you guys recommend it, I'll definitely. Oh yeah, it. rare exports uh, is a definite. Any are, oh, 
unanimous. I would say we're unanimous on this one, that we all like great exports. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, it's fun, and I almost gave it five stars that year. It didn't quite make my top ten because I don't think it quite fixed the land name. But make sure when you rent to rent it, don't stream it because you want to watch the short. There's a short on yes. the DVD, the original Rare Export short, which actually I recommend really? watching first because it'll, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it it'll make it'll make the movie even better. Well, I might so, just have to uh, buy it then, or at least ask yeah. for it for Christmas. Uh, so yeah, a huge, huge, huge thumbs up for Rare Export. So, um, Kevin, have you seen Rare Exports? You said you did, right? Yeah, I loved it. I thought it was I, – I do agree with you. Um, I think the first half of the movie is much better than the second half. I think that they kind of use up all of their ideas kind of in the first two acts, and they kind of paint themselves in a corner. That said, the movie is great. It's so much fun. Ah, so good. Rare exports. Well, definitely I'll put the trailer up on my Facebook page. So, And, Cash, shame on you. You've sort of already seen it. I'm sorry. I'll have to check that one out this year. But it, I, I have uh, I have traditions. You know, like every Halloween i got to watch Trick or Treat and Night of the Demons. Every Christmas mm-hmm. i got to watch Black Christmas. And uh, <laughs> my other favorite Christmas movie, which is uh, Die Hard. And I have uh, oh, I got yeah. people that... They're always like, Die Hard ain't a Christmas movie. I'm like, the fuck it's not. That's a great Christmas movie. Alan Rickman is also the man. Oh, Alan Rickman. Hans Gruber. If if you consider Gremlins a a Christmas movie, you have to consider Die Hard a Christmas movie because they were both summer blockbusters. So that's how I feel on that. You know, so yeah, so they're blockbusters. They were they were released in the summertime. Both of those movies were. Uh, they were not released during the, fr- the holiday season. So uh, you know, so definitely like uh, Gremlins is definitely I do consider Gremlins a Christmas movie, even though when they were set, when they released it, they were very marketing very hard. Like, no, this is a summer scary film. Go see Joe Dante's movie. You know, and, and, and this was before I even just understand what it meant to be Joe Dante. But you know, I I was there front and center to see Gremlins. Who wasn't? Uh, so, uh, you know, there's a, this is one of the things I love about la, Christmas Horror. You have a range of, of horror films just as much as you have, a, you know, and yet most Christmas films are exactly the same. Christmas horror films mm-hmm. run the gambit of subjects, and that's why I love them so much. you got Krampus, you have... Evil Santa Clauses, evil elves. You've got, uh, you know, you've got Kevin's movie, and and you've got, uh, you know, Black Christmas with slashers. You can do almost anything with this. I've walked through Christmas walkthrough horror walkthroughs, and they're a lot of fun. I highly recommend if you have one in the area, go to a Christmas seasonal haunt. They do exist. There's not very many around. But, you know, you'll, you can stumble around. I think there's one in L.A. that's, like, year-round or something like that. So, um, so uh, Queenie, what is your yeah. favorite traditional – what's your favorite traditional Christmas movies you watch every year? doesn't even have to be horror. Well, I really enjoy hard, watching Santa's Play. Santa's Play is one of my favorite like holiday horror <laughs> movies. It's ridiculous. It's completely ridiculous. 
Um, there's a wrestler in it who plays Santa Claus, and he's fucking terrifying. <laughs> like, he really makes Santa pretty terrifying. And, like, the legend in it is that Santa's evil, and he played this game with an angel once, and the angel cursed him to, like, give presents to all the children in the world. He really actually hates children and hates everyone and has, like, a demon steed. Like, it's so great. It's so funny. What is this? <laughs> it's called Santa's Slay. It's very trauma the way it's done. Yeah, it is fucking hilarious. That's the movie I, I watch every year. Me and my husband. <laughs> Currently not streaming. It streams on Netflix occasionally, no. but they haven't dropped it, and I didn't see a drop for yeah. December. Uh, and I was really yeah, bummed because I actually yeah, wanted to watch it before broadcast. Look, I'm getting I'm um, more and more annoyed with Netflix lately. Am I the only one? Like, they just don't have a lot of stuff for horror fans anymore. Like. Mm-hmm. Well, they're new shows, and they focus on those, but they don't focus on, like, you know, us watching shows that we already know and love. Yeah, Netflix is having license agreement problems, I'm sure. You know, I'm still sticking with my Netflix account, though, because it's still the only way to get some of those harder films sometimes. Oh, yeah. um, You know, but then we have people like Kelly who self-distribute. Yeah, those are self-distributors. Who is stepping up their game a lot this week? And I'm saving that for the community calendar. But they had a huge horror drop this week, and I can't really? wait to share it with you guys. Yeah, I can't wait to share it, but I'll call it out later. Uh, but oh, when it comes to Netflix, though, Dead Snow and Dead Snow Two: Red versus Dead, fucking great. Just winter movies, yeah. period. Not just Christmas. But I watch them when I get snowed in. They're amazing. Oh, and and you can't rule out winter horror either, because I love winter horror. I love Ravenous and The Last Winter. All sorts of great stuff. Have you guys heard the new movie Blood Glacier? Have you heard of it? Yeah, I've read about it. I haven't seen it yet. It's on my list. It's a good creature feature. There's there's another one coming out with William Shatner, Christmas Horror Story. That's on the horizon as well. I didn't know that. It's a... It's out. It's out on Netflix already. I I, I couldn't get it before. They have a, a Krampus segment during it, too. So, um, yeah, no, it's out. That's also a Christmas Horror Story. That's the new. There's, that came out this year. What am I hearing? You're hearing feedback. It's actually an echo. It, it's an echo of, um, of you, Liz. Ah, live radio. You've got to love it. Uh, so... Um, and nobody, Kevin, nobody's what is, mentioned the well, go-to. To like everybody every year watches A Christmas Story, 1983, directed by Bob Clark, the same guy that gave us Black Christmas ten years earlier. Like, mm-hmm. like yes, he two also Christmas gave movies, completely different genres, <laughs> and both loved and celebrated by tons of people. They both loved great. or hated. They're both love or hate movies. Sure. Uh, uh, I love both movies, honestly. Uh, you know, I used to watch the 24 Hours of, of Christmas Story. Uh, um, but uh, you know, <laughs> you know, but the, you know, like I also have watched every single fucking version of Christmas Carol there is, and I could do an entire episode just on that. Um, so I would no join you. I've actually been in a right. production of the Christmas Carol. <laughs> I, I was. Um, I was his nephew's wife. Ah, okay. I was Fred's wife. Nice. Well, I'll be Scrooge then. She gets presents. (laughs) (laughs) Ah. 
Scrooge McDuck. He was my, one of my favorites. Uh, Kevin Smith, I've been trying to, Kevin Summerfield, sorry, baby. Uh, I've been trying to throw to you for a while because I never got what your annual holiday uh, films are. Uh, well, definitely the original Black Christmas. I would say some other ones. Um, I think Christmas Evil is very underrated. I think it's a really good character piece, and I kind of miss, you know, you were talking about that before, kind of like that. There was something about the early 80s that it was dark and grimy and gritty, and that kind of movie kind of fits along with that and also adds kind of the Christmas element to it as well. But uh, those are, those two are are perfect. Um, I agree with Santa Slay. I think that the opening scene is absolutely hilarious, especially. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, it's just, there, there's so much good stuff out there. I mean, even, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like, one of one of my very random favorite movies is Silent Night, Deadly Night 5, The Toymaker. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know whether I've seen that one or not. I know um, Clint Howard's in one of them. Yeah, Wait, I was that yeah, it was either three or four. Yeah, because five has Mickey Rooney in it, and he's, like, running the toy shop where the toys are demonic and killing people. Oh, Mickey Rooney, <laughs> that's worth seeing. Uh, rest in peace, Mickey Rooney. He passed this year. Uh, so, uh, there was an article about him recently. It wasn't so flattering, ladies and gentlemen. Go look it up about his last few years of life. It's really kind of sad, to be honest with you. But we love him nonetheless, and even in evil toy maker movies and uh, things like that. But, um, you know, I, I I didn't really watch a lot of Christmas horror growing up. It's like a later thing. But um, I still think that you could still take – I still think it's scary. Like, to just in, Christmas in general is scary. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's depressing. It's scary. At the same time, it's beautiful. And it's meant to be beautiful, but it's kind of an artificial beautiful. It's the most wonderful time of the year. No, it's cold. There's snow on the ground. You know, it's really the last hurrah before you go underground for the three months that don't exist. So that's what Christmas feast is for. So, you know, we've kind of lost that over the years. The reason why you're giving each other gifts is because you're going to be stuck on inside a house for three months. You need a new toy to keep your ass busy. Simple as that, ladies and gentlemen. That was Christmas. <laughs> so, uh, you know. But there's nothing wrong with that. It's all good. Um, now, is the there a anyway, moment? You know? Go ahead, Queenie. Oh, I was just saying, you know, celebrate the holiday your way. Whatever makes you feel happy, you know. If you want to watch horror movies all day and that makes you happy, then do it. If you want to go be with your family, do it, you know. Don't worry about what fucking society says. Exactly. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. You know, Christmas is a religious holiday. It's the only religious holiday celebrated by the United States. But it's also equally a secular holiday. So there's a lot of people that are Christian that celebrate Christmas. And I'm one of those people. I still mm-hmm. celebrate Christmas. I grew up celebrating Christmas. I'm not, but I still celebrate Christmas. My husband's family is Jewish. We get Hanukkah and Christmas, and he just puts the tree up, and it stays up till May. So, you know, <laughs> it's like, we, we like Christmas. There's nothing wrong with Christmas. So, and there's nothing wrong I with, love it, you know, any reason to party. I love eggnog. Yeah, and I, I love my, eggnog. 
I haven't no. started hitting the nog yet because of my medication. Maybe by New Year's I'll be on something better. <laughs> well, I should have I should have some from the Irish pub for the New Year's party. So there you go. When it comes um, when it comes to Christmas though, Christmas has always been my jam, and that's simply because I love to find the perfect gift for each person, even if it's stupid and small. Like I have got the best Christmas present for you, Liz, and it cost me a grand total of like seven bucks. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> It's awesome. Uh, it, it, that's all, you know. I, I I get mad at her when she spends money on me. So I, you know, when, it, when, when she does so, seven bucks, I will accept a seven dollar present. So thank you. Good. You better that. because otherwise so, I'll just shove it where you <laughs> you won't be able to <laughs> like give it back. Uh, <laughs> what do you want for Christmas? That's a good question, guys. Let's ask that. Queenie, let's start with you. It could be anything from a fuck-off to I want a car. What do you want? What do you want for Christmas this year? No medical debt. <laughs> can I have that? That's, that's, yeah, that, that's you can wish for anything, sweetie. You know that. Christmas yeah. miracles, right? We believe in Christmas miracles. No medical miracles. debt and, and maybe more paint. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what about you, Kevin? Besides, obviously, you want everyone to sell your film, buy your film, and you should tell us now how you do that. <clears throat> what do you want for Christmas? Okay, well, first of all, if anyone wants to pick up this number in Christmas, it's available at slasherstudios.com. We currently have a limited release of our Blu-ray. They're all hand-numbered. We made 300 of them. We have six left right now. So if you want one, get one soon because once these are gone, they're gone forever. But we also have it on DVD and also on streaming on Amazon. But if I had to say the one thing that I'd want for Christmas, um, I agree with the whole debt thing. Um, I would have to go with student loans. Um, (laughs) I just, yeah, I think I'm going to be paying those for the rest of my life. So if those could go away, that'd be great. That means we're going to have to vote for Bernie Sanders. (laughs) Yay! Hey, hey. Oh, you guys over here. Well, get rid of medical debt, get rid of educational debt. So far, that's the only way we can do this shit. Uh, but we can wish for it. Christmas miracles. I totally believe in you trying to do it. What, so, Cash, what about you? What do you want for Christmas? I'm easy. All I want is a nice big bottle of Crown Royal. That'll keep me happy. Oh, that's if a you good want, Christmas do. present. I I could I'll, I could that's that can be done. That's an achievable goal, you know, so I definitely. But is there anything you really, no, seriously, is there anything you would really like, like anything at all the next year? It could be related to your podcast. It could be related to anything. Um, not really. I don't, I'm kind of, I'm kind of humble. I don't like asking for things. And the things that I want, to be honest, I wouldn't allow anybody <laughs> I wouldn't allow anybody to uh, buy for me because uh, I have expensive taste. So the things I want, I don't want. To, I'll buy for myself. So like, yeah, like uh, people people that uh, know me, they know I like uh, my Crown Royal, maybe a couple of cigars or something like that. Just uh, and uh, company. I like you know come by and you know play some cards with me, watch a flick with me. I like having. Uh, I like being surrounded by my friends. That's the best Christmas present for me. Oh, oh, that's, that's wonderful. so sweet. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's all I've been asking for. <laughs> yeah, 
you know, I don't have family, so I have to surround myself with friends now. So I understand what you're saying. So um, uh, if Christmas can be a tough time when you're an orphan. <laughs> so, um, but Erin, yeah, uh, really. uh, you've got kids, mm-hmm. and what do you want for Christmas? Well, I could go with practical. I could go with completely just absolutely absurd. But I think what I'm going to go with is you, Paul, and Lily to come down and visit me for once, one weekend this December, so that we can go see the Polar Express in an old train car together and do the Dickens of a Christmas in Roanoke. That's very you nice. <laughs> you know, we'll we'll talk about that after. Uh, there's a lot of things up here, too, uh, that I want to talk to you about, as you know. Um, I'm just not travel so, ready. Yeah, well, hopefully you'll be traveling by New Year's because New oh, Year's yeah. party is going to be on. And I think I know which two films I'm going to show this year. <laughs> Ooh, do we get to know? Do we get hints? Can we play that game? Uh, uh, yes, we can do some hints. And since we have a, a good group here, of, of knowledgeable horror people, geeks, and 80s film fans. Let me see if you can, guys can figure it out. Film number one and film number two star the same girl. One is, uh, one is from 1984 and is a cult favorite, and soap opera stars are in it. And the other one is another cult favorite that takes place in the same city as the other film. They equally could be a back-to-back films. What films are they? 1984, and there's soap opera stars in it? Uh-huh. Well, Is that close. what you said? Yep. Are, are they horror movies? Yep. Yes. They're, well, one's a zombie film, sort of, science fiction zombie film, and one's a slasher horror film, sort of slasher. It's not really a slasher. It's a science fiction slasher, sort of. But they both are 80s films. I believe it's 84. Yeah, one, the first the one film is from 84. Is the chick the soap opera star? Yes. Ooh. Ooh, that's gonna be fun and, to try to figure and out. And it's yeah. now the girl. There's also a famous scream queen in the in one of the horror films, uh, Miss Barbara Crampton. That should actually give you a big clue. Mm-hmm. Well, that Isn't leads me along the reanimator. It's not cat. reanimator. No, but at least. Is it night of the comet? What we're talking about, it takes place during Christmas. Yep. So, so Night of the Comet. So, what's the other film? Uh, now, I know Erin and Katie have both seen this film with me. Oh, we God. watched this together. It was a mascot film during the Magic Girl. Come on. My Sexy Witches. Oh, you guys have been on that air. Not that air. Thinking air. Does it darkness fall? I'll give you a hint. The score is awesome. That's another hit. Chopping mall. Oh, good. Thank goodness. And who is chopping mall? So yes, my my horror. Those are going to be probably my two films for the New Year's party this year. It's Chopping Mall and Night of the Comet. I thought they'd make an excellent AB uh, 
a double feature this year. What, do you guys approve? I actually watched, I actually watched I Charlie Moffat. I definitely approve. Absolutely. It's been a long time Kevin since was, I've seen either of those. Chopping ball, oh, that I was one with the, the robots that went nuts, right? The security yeah. robots yes, that went nuts. Yes, that's correct. I have the most amazing GIF I made of the girl's head exploding. Oh. I should post it on the web. <laughs> oh, that's yes. good. Yeah, Dick yeah. Miller's in it, too. Uh, is Dick Miller in it? Yes, he yes. is. He's that's, in it for, like, a hot second. <laughs> Literally yes. a hot second. But he's, like, my favorite character in Gremlins. I love Dick Miller. Yeah, yeah, he's one of those guys. I always love him in everything. Demon Knight, Terminator, he's always fun to watch. Exactly. Yeah, I love that man. So, Queenie, okay, how did no, you get your you ass got out me. to my yeah, New Year's party? What? Good. I'm glad. we got to get your ass out to my New Year's party. And I've already oh. told Brittany she has no choice. I'm kidnapping her. Yeah, so, uh, you know, actually, this, and we'll talk about it more in the community calendar, because I actually am developing this party, and, and, and Aaron knows I am developing this party. This party is eventually going to be bigger than myself, but right now, yes, it's just please. a bunch of nerds and geeks getting drunk and watching horror films. It's awesome. So, oh, my God, <laughs> it's so much fun. So... Now, Kevin, I got to let you go, sweetie, but I want you to give one more shameless plug to your show and tell us what you have in store for the future. Okay, so December and Christmas, you can get it on VOD on Amazon. It's also available on Pleasure Studios. Get your Blu-ray while you still can. Um, also available on DVD, so check it out. And then also um, pick up our first movie, Don't Quit Our Union. It's available on DVD on Pleasure Studios as well. Um, right now, uh, we're working on a bunch of projects. Um, one of them that might be coming up pretty soon is a slasher set at a Jesus camp. So oh. look for that. <laughs> oh. Can I participate? <laughs> I would go anywhere for yeah. that. That's awesome. Oh, man. So, yeah, thanks for having uh, me. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the air, Kevin, and good luck. And don't forget, folks, it's, you know, yes, go see Krampus, but support local independent horror because it's really what keeps the world moving around. If you go look at the bottom of the barrel of a lot of our most famous directors, you'll either find a horror film or a documentary, sometimes both. Kevin, he could be the great, he, he, he is up and coming, and look out for him. His work is hitting, and we love him. So thank you again, sir, and come back well, anytime. Yeah, thank you. You thank guys have a great night. Good night, sir. Thank you. So that was <clears throat> All right, that was Kevin Sommerfeld, and uh, he's uh, from Slasher Studios, and he is the writer-producer of Dismembering Christmas. And please, go please, buy his movie. If you, exactly. If you're purchasing for a horror geek this Christmas, support local. Go ahead and get this, guys, uh, and give it to your favorite horror geek for Christmas. I'd take it. I'd love to have it. Uh, don't go to the reunion. His first film was actually nominated by, uh, I believe it was either a Rondo or a Horror Society did nominate it. So it, his stuff does get recognition, and it's very fun and unusual stuff with a little bit of a 70s flair. So we're all about that. Uh, and, um, and we're about to go into the community calendar uh, segment, which is continuing our holiday theme. I'm so excited about this. Uh, but first things first, Cash, are you going to stay on for our Krampus part of the community calendar, or are you going to book out? No, I'm, I'll stick around. <clears throat> All right. And Queenie, do you have anything you want to say before I move on and bring on our review of Krampus? Um, no. <laughs> no. Jingle bells, Batman's huh. 
Oh. <laughs> you know what? It, I still think that's a better version than Jingle Bells. But um, so we're gonna take a quick, like, I'm gonna breather break. I'm gonna play a trailer, and then we're gonna go right back into. Actually, no, I, we're just gonna play this for a second. Give me a second here. Oh. LA and she's been modeling there and acting for almost we're up to five years now and we we have met on the internet like in the top five of our friends and I've been honored to watch this girl grow and get bigger and develop her art and we're all about her calling in for a few minutes and we're really grateful she called in thank you and her name is Kelsey Z- Kel- Kelsey Zakowski how are you doing sweetie she's a queen queen Good. how are you guys writer. doing how are you doing? And oh, I blew your intro. I'm, uh, but I gave you a little bit of an intro. But first of all, I want to congratulate you on winning Best Actress at the Chicago Horror Film Festival for your own movie. Congratulations! Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> so, <clears throat> yeah, I'm so happy moment. to hear. Yeah, no, you well deserved and well earned, and we're so glad you can call for a few minutes. You see, the problem is though, Kelsey, is that the sexy mm-hmm. witches are on it. We know a lot about movies, and so is Cash. Cash is like a wealthy yeah. house, but none of us have seen Krampus. None of us have seen Krampus. Yeah, I got lucky. For that. Um, yeah, yeah, I guess the green that I went to, they only organized it like two days before. It was on Black Friday, and um, yeah, it was the first public like public screening of, of the film that's being shown of Crumpus and the director was there and they had a Q&A so yeah that was pretty cool to, to be able to see that's fabulous and so uh, uh, would you without too many spoilers give your <laughs> yeah. very very knowledgeable uh, opinion of Crumpus and should we all go see it I think first of all you need to remember that it's PG-13 because like when I went in, I'm thinking Krampus is gonna, you know, you're thinking like I think like like really brutal and um, it's kind of like an interesting mix. Like it's not, it's definitely not a kids movie. It's too dark for that, but it has like it definitely has like a bit of a 80s throwback. Like even has a little definitely like a like a darker, more intense. Um, like Gremlins and Goosebumps vibe, but it's like, see, that makes it sound like kind of too light in a way. But it's, it's, I don't know, it's kind of an, it's, it's an interesting mix because um, even when we were there, the director said, you know, I want like a ten-year-old to be able to see this and be completely horrified, but I still like he didn't want it to be so brutal that like a kid couldn't watch it because it is like there's, it's definitely like a critique on like kind of what kind of the, the meaning of Christmas being, like, lost and kind of um, it even has, like, some Black Friday uh, kind of gags in there just of, like, how crazy people can get around the holidays and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. A, like, a, li- it, a little social commentary on how spoiled our kids are nowadays, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, so, I mean, there's, like, it starts off where it's this total, like, dysfunctional comedy 
type of thing. And then, of course, gets increasingly darker. Um, and he had great, great style to it. Um, and, like, a very, like, the, the suspense was, was really cool. There's a lot of cool creatures in there. Um, I think, like, yeah, it's just it's just a less, I think it's slightly less brutal than what I had in mind, but then you have to remind yourself it's PG-13. And now that I know kind of what the director intended, it's like I get where he was going with it. It's like he was kind of making Christmas and this darker thing where its origins always were, but not so dark, like, like, not that much is that visual, you know? Like, you're not seeing kids being beaten, you know? <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, I, I, I really liked it. And I think if, you, if you're going, like, knowing to what to expect, that it's a really fun film for the holidays, for sure. <laughs> so uh, what is Michael Doherty like? Without, obviously, I he want to get him like on the like a really show. cool guy, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, he, uh, the Q&A was really interesting and, you know, where they went into some of their origins and stuff. But he he seems like a pretty, like, chilled laid back for sure and hopefully keeps making more great movies. Uh, you know, I'm so excited because a lot of people don't realize that Trick or Treat, like, debuted at But Numathon, which is uh, Harry Knowles, the head geek in, 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 mm-hmm. in Austin, played it there and it did really, really well. People loved it and thought, and and was going to release it, and the studio sat on it, which was ridiculous because I never understood that because all of us here were fans of True Blood in the first season. And Anna Paquin was the hottest commodity on the planet. Mm -hmm. Why didn't they release this film for – I didn't understand why it did not get released. (laughs) No. (laughs) Like, even even now, it's like when people talk about their favorite, like, Halloween films, aside from, like, the original Halloween, Trick or Treat is one of the first ones. Like, it's just so universally loved by almost everyone who watches it. It is kind of crazy that, I don't know, they didn't think it would do well or something. Well, doing high expectations aside, uh, do you think that Krampus will live up to that moniker, or does it even come close, or is it just going to be a nice – like collection up on the shelf of, of holiday horror films. I feel I feel like Trick or Treat is a better film overall, but there's just so much there's so much going on in Trick or Treat and a lot of things where you're not expecting and then it all comes together and it's just so strong where this is just like kind of a different tone of film. Um but I mean like there, there, there's a lot of things that it does that's that's really great. I think you just have to keep in mind it's maybe like there was even moments where I like I'm like thinking where they could have gone farther visually with it, but then I started realizing that's just a different film than it is. Where this is, it's not quite brutal, but it's definitely dark and foreboding and, and is like a warning kind of. And there's there's um. You know, like I said, like the critique and a lot of fun things that it does. So I definitely think, like, when it comes to holiday horror movies, it's going to be one, you know, like a go-to one. But I think it's, like, there's so many different versions of Krampus and stuff, too, where I think you just have to accept it as, like, this is that one version of it. Well, thank you for giving your review. Now, does Cash or any of my sexy witches have any questions Mm -hmm. for Kelsey? We're on the spot. Oh, God. 
I know I got Kelsey on. Uh, she's been a Facebook friend of mine. I've seen her within these walls. Wasn't that it? That was Kelsey Zakowski. Yeah, that was my phone. Yes, yeah. that's correct. So she won Best Actress for that movie, and she also wrote it. And she also happened <laughs> to write the very first film I ever backed, which was uh, One yeah, Day Yeah, that was so small, awesome for, for you to get involved yeah, with small, it. small short, which did pretty well. And it looked for $5,000, it looked way more expensive than that. It looked gorgeous. Yeah, we and, had uh, some crazy talented people working on that that really worked yeah. magic. Yeah, it was so it was a we great liked, project. It was a great project, and then she took the big scary leap and went to L.A., and she's been rocking <laughs> it out there, so we give her credit for that, and uh, Kelsey, before I let you go here, uh-huh. what do you have on the horizon? Any new movies you're writing? Any new gigs? I know that you're working pretty steadily right now. <laughs> yeah, there's, um, in December, I'm going to be in San Francisco filming um, a movie with Brainy Young, who I did Forgotten Tales with about, well, maybe about like two years ago. Um, so yeah, she's, she's the director of it. So that should be fun. It's kind of like in the paranormal category of horror. Um, yeah, just always doing all these crazy horror gothy photo shoots and um, always always working on something new. We're working on distribution for Within These Walls right now to hopefully get it out there to more people. So, you know, yeah, always always a few things here and there. Sounds well, awesome. Kelsey, you're, you've always been one of my favorite sexy witches and scream queens ever. <laughs> and... Uh, I always am going to be one of your biggest cheerleaders. So please call in at oh, any time awesome. and and please let me know how you're doing out there in La La Land because I know of it can course. be rough and lonely out there. But you know, <laughs> we'll give you a little piece of Chicago and the East Coast to remind you why you're out. Nice. There. So. <laughs> All right. Well, thank <laughs> but you for anyway, on, guys. Thank you. Thank you. And, uh, Thank you so much, sweetie. And that was Kelsey giving a quick interview uh, for Krampus. And, yes, go see it. But remember, it is PG-13. Uh, she's absolutely right. I am so excited to have someone that got to see it first come on the air. So thank you, Kelsey. And and we're going to continue with the um, community calendar. Time for some community calendar music, Sexy Witches. Here. There we go. Because we're going to continue to talk about fucking Krampus. Are you ready for this, guys? Yep. My horns are ready. How about you, Cash? You ready for some more Krampus? Let's do it. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Okay. So going back to Kelsey, once again, she's living in L.A., but she's originally from the Chicago area. And it just so happens that Chicago is having a Krampus play at their uh, Christ Kindle Market for most of the season. Um, they they do it. They're gonna start it on the first, and they go the whole month. And they're the Strange Loop Theater, and they're also gonna play local clubs. So look for them on the seventh, eighth, and the fourteenth. And you can go see Krampus plays in Chicago. So that's a good place to check out. Um, now online, this is interesting. Uh, we had in. Uh, Hawaii, I mean in ha- Hawaii, <laughs> Halloween, just before it, uh, we had our seasonal walkthrough episode <sighs> with the Red Bane Army. Red Bane Army is an acting troupe in Virginia that does that fe- does featured nights at horror haunts in the local area, 
And uh, they actually uh, uh, partnered with Scares It Cares, our favorite nonprofit organization, and uh, to do a, a Krampus Kinder Toy Drive. And that starts today and runs through the 11th. And go to their website, and it'll show different locations where you can donate toys. Look for their Krampus box. They've designed a scary Krampus box. So look for that while they're there. And they'll be, you know, dressed up and scare you. And it's for a good cause. We always are looking for scares for good causes around here. We're huge fans of that, aren't we, Erin? Absolutely. Yeah. As you know, Scares It Cares is a noble organization, and they just gave a bunch of money to uh, families this year. You can go on their page and see how well they did. It's been a great year for them, so we're very proud of them. But big and small, there's Krampus performances everywhere. One is in Wellsboro, Pennsylvania, and in Portland, and they're on uh, in Portland on, uh, on the 4th. Uh, the Portland runs all week. It runs till the 6th. So there's two events, the West Bowl of Pennsylvania on the 4th, and Portland starts on the 4th and runs through the 6th. So look for that on the 5th, which is actually Krampus Night, folks. Just so you know, folks, Krampus Night is a real holiday, yes, and it is on the 5th. So, um, yes. but guess what? Cash. Canada has the biggest events that day, which is interesting. Ed- Edmonton, Alberta, which is a little far for you, but oh, yeah. Kirchner, Ontario, which isn't as far for you, has a major Krampus parade. So uh, you should look up Kirchner, Ontario, and it's on the 5th, so you should look for that. So um, uh, we also have Krampus events that night on Washington, <laughs> D.C. Woohoo! Baltimore, which I'm going to, and the uh, Miracle on 34th Street lighting display. So go there and go see that Krampus parade. It had 40 people last year. It has 300 this year. So go, uh, Baltimore is about to blow up. Los Angeles has their entire Krampus Fest, which runs like a whole month, starting on the 5th. Um, the Krampus annual ball is, is on the 5th. And then there will be more events. Uh, we also have Orlando, Florida. Guess what? Their first Krampus event is on the 5th this year. So there's going to be one for if Harriet or Dina uh, is listening. Go see your Krampus event in Orlando. And uh, Norman, Oklahoma has a Krampus event as well. So there's a lot of Krampus events around here. Uh, going back to uh, Krampus events in Los Angeles, you have the 10th. They're having an actual authentic Austrian Krampus walk. So look for that on the Krampus Fest page. And they also are having events in Alpine Village on the 12th, and so is Philadelphia. Philadelphia is the oldest in the country, by the way. And then on the 13th, Pasadena, California, is doing a traditional Krampus play at the Church of the Angels. So those are all the major Krampus events in the United States. If I've missed one, ladies and gentlemen, and on air or off, please let me know, and I will post it to Archivist Beds on Sexy Witches, because we are trying to support and make Krampus grow all over the United States. So how far is Kirchner from you, uh, Cash? Kitchener? Yeah, Kitchener. Kitchener, yeah. Kitchener's about uh, four, four and a half hours away. It's almost worth it. You should look it up find out what it's about. It's worth it if it's not snowing on the 401. If it's snowing on the 401, it might not be worth it. Yeah, I didn't think that. I'm actually from Ottawa, so, you know, and I grew up in Hamilton, so I get it. 
<laughs> You're having flashbacks, Queenie? Yeah, I am. I'm having trauma. Blame <laughs> oh, Canada. Oh, hard, it's, hard, white snow roads. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, well, everyone just forgets how to drive. It's like they've never seen snow before. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Come on, guys. This happens every year. Yeah, you don't want to be on the road Sometimes. for a snowfall because everybody's doing 30 under. They don't know how to brake. They don't know how to accelerate. It's just a big mess. Yep, you understand. <laughs> the great yeah, driver says it's like riding a bike. He <laughs> hasn't ridden a bike in quite a while. Uh, it's almost you know, like you have to relearn every season how to drive on snow. you got to put your thinking hooks on so you can drive, and not everyone has one, I guess, in Canada. So I, at least that's what I was told solves the problem. I don't know. <laughs> so... Uh, it gets cold up there, but we love Canada anyways because you wouldn't have tre- – the cold bring the beautiful trees. So now we're going to move on from Krampus and talk about holidays in general. I want to throw out to Cash again. Can you tell me about ho- special holidays in Canada this time of year that happens other than Christmas? Around uh, On this time of year? Yeah, and there's always something. I have a huge list I'm about to go through, but I was going to throw out to you because I don't have any Canadian holidays on my list necessarily. A couple Catholic ones. But what about Boxing Day? Isn't that yeah, no, it's on there. It's on there. It's on there. We haven't got to it yet. Yeah, bo- uh, Boxing Day is a fairly <laughs> like we get uh, around here. We, well, when I think of Christmas holidays, I think we get three days off. We get Christmas, we get Boxing Day, yep. which is the 26th, and then of course you got New Year's Day. Boxing Day is 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 very much a Canadian thing. I don't think do, they don't have Boxing Day in the states, do they? They have not. No. Britain though, no. it comes from Britain. Yeah, the British Boxing one Day from Britain. Boxing Day, that's your uh, that's your big shopping day. I know tons of people go shopping, and nobody allows any returns on Boxing Day. Yeah, that's the big thing. So it's kind of like Black Friday, except. You, there's no, you can't do any returns. It's just buying on Boxing Day. You don't want to be anywhere near a mall on the 26th of December in Canada. That's for sure. <laughs> it's scary. You know, a lot of people think about Christmas as the big holiday and New Year's, but honestly, it is the holiday season, and they call it that for a reason because there's holidays right and left. Secular holidays, ancient holidays, Catholic holidays, Christian holidays, you name it, it happens. And there's a bunch of made-up holidays, too, that us fan geeks have created over the years. So let's go over a few of my favorites, if we shall. Are you ready, Sexy Witches and Cash? All right. All right. All right. So, of course, I have to give a shout-out to this Sunday at sundown at 6 o'clock, at sundown in the 6, because that's the beginning of Hanukkah and the eight crazy nights, because I celebrate Hanukkah (laughs) with my family. So, you know, I highly recommend Hanukkah, but I also find the holiday a little macabre, because it's about a battle, and you're celebrating that the oil lasted longer than it should have. That's actually the basis for Hanukkah. I mean, it's a faith thing. Mm -hmm. It's obviously more complicated than that, but that is actually the core story. I always thought it was kind of creepy that, that the story is about a battle and how people are being killed slowly and they didn't die because they had good resources. But, you know, it's still, Hanukkah's a lot of fun, and it's eight days of, of socks and, and pennies and whatever you want, and latkes, uh, latkes. We love latkes and kugels. Yes, we do. Have you ever had, 
uh, Kugels. My husband makes a kick-ass noodle Kugel, like like off the chain, mm-hmm. and he does latkes every year. So yeah. we are he made latkes for me for New Year's break. <laughs> he did. Yes, he did. Yes, did he, he did. Make I totally forgot he made latkes for breakfast. Yeah, so my husband rocks on that. Because I requested that. <laughs> yeah, oh, and, and he makes a, he makes killer latkes. So, uh, so you know, huge shout-out to Hanukkah. And, you know, I'm not going to leave the Christians out because I love the Advent calendar. I think Advent calendars are fun. You got the little windows with the little, with the little candies or the Barbie Barbie comes out with an advent calendar every year that has like shoes and necklaces and things like that, accessories cool. for your Barbie. So I, I'm a huge fan of advent calendars. And my two favorite advent days that aren't the major holidays is the 12th and the 13th. And that is St. Guadalupe Day and St. Lucy's Day. And St. Guadalupe Day, I lived in New Mexico um, and outside of El Paso. And Guadalupe was a big deal down there. They celebrated Guadalupe Day bigger than Christmas. I mean, it was that big. And and so I highly recommend the, the store. And also, a lot of pagans actually accept St. Guadalupe as one of their own because she's a, a mother goddess figure with the symbol of roses. So, uh, you know, so huge fan of St. Guadalupe Day. And St. Lucy's Day, I don't have it as much fun, but the cool thing about St. Lucy's Day I always liked is that they wear those wreaths with the candles on their heads. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the ghosts okay. in Christmas Carol wears them. Yeah, yeah. So I've always kind of liked the, the, the candles on the head thing. So St. Lucy's Day is pretty cool. Now for us pagans, woohoo! we got the next two holidays coming up, and that would be the 17th and the 22nd. And the 17th is Saturnalia, the Roman holiday that basically we base Christmas off of. And uh, once again, big feast, big party, getting ready for the winter, because in the Roman calendar, you didn't even have names for the first three months of the year they were just winter <laughs> so uh saturnalia was like a big deal and of course that 22nd is yule and yule's the winter solstice this uh, year so uh we love yule lots of yule tide carols wassailing i'm a huge fan of wassailing uh <laughs> so uh not so much mumming but here's another tradition ladies and gentlemen um you know, we're talking about macabre uh, traditions. One of them, we should totally bring this back. And, Cash, I think you should be the first person to do it. Uh, we're going to bring back mumming. If Krampus can come to America, we can bring this tradition back. And what mumming is, is guys dress up as girls, and they go around and get blast-hammered drunk and knock on the doors like Halloween, trick-or-treating. And if you ignore them, they throw things at you, and they sing drunken carols at you. We should totally bring that tradition back. What do you think? Yes, that, I like that it. That sounds like a good way to get shot. <laughs> That's awesome. No, if if you could if you could have one town doing it to, and and just designate a no shooting zone, then by next year everybody would be doing it. <laughs> I, I totally think we should bring mummy back because it was actually banned and made illegal in England because people were getting too rowdy and getting into fights. But you know that's part of the fun of it. It'd be like going to a hockey game where everyone's dressed in drag. You know it'll be great. I think we should bring mummy back. So I, I can that, I can we? definitely see I could definitely see it, uh, it turning into some really big drunken brawls in England, considering how they <laughs> act with their football. <laughs> well, yeah. you know, 
Queenie is is a is a member of Oregon who's always like on the hipster edgy pulse of everything. Maybe they should maybe we can get them to start it in Portland. We'll start I don't know. We already have like a Cthulhu thing and then we've got uh Living Dead Con and I mean we've got a lot of stuff. That's true. We might cancel it out. So we need. Like, I was thinking Canada would be conspicuous. Like Cash would not look uh, good. Uh, I don't think he would. But but we gotta you, find you know a what? way to start this. Get getting trashed and going singing bad carols. I can get behind that. Doing it in drag. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. And we'll oh, get you drunk enough. That... You won't care. Uh, yeah. you, ain't, you ain't getting this kid in a dress. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get you some hormone furs. You'll be like you'll be like Macklemore. You'll be like Macklemore rocking the furs. I'll rock that motherfucker. Yeah. So come for us all. So okay, so we'll talk about mummy. And I'll put that on the Facebook page too if you want to learn about a fun antiquated holiday festival. Mummy is definitely on that list. Now let's talk about the fans a little bit. Fans have invented holidays over the years, and actually TV shows have invented holidays that the fans have picked up. And in this case, I'm going to talk about two huge fan bases. One is for the 23rd, and I know none of us are huge fans. I don't know if Cash is, because we've hit dead air when I've mentioned this before, but I always try to acknowledge all cult fandoms. And there's this huge cult fandom for Seinfeld, the TV show, the comedy with Jerry Seinfeld. I didn't really like it very much, but a lot no, of people No, neither did. did I. But they did do one good thing right, and that was the fake holiday they created, and that was Festivus for the rest of us. And I, it's practiced on the 23rd. They actually have a Festivus party at Adams Morgan in Washington, D.C. So, and, and it's a secular holiday, and one of the things you have is the Festivus pole, which is just a big metal pole, which you put your grievances for the year on. It's kind of a way of washing all the frustrations for the previous year and starting over for the next. So I solely support Festivus for the rest of us. Oh. So, uh, Could we designate one of your trees in your backyard as a Festivus tree for us? We'll do that at New Year's. Oh, I got a pole. We got a Festivus pole. You put it with tinfoil, and there you go. It's easy to make a Festivus pole. So, uh, put your grievances totally on the pole. That kind of there yeah. are some, uh, I think, South American uh, traditions near around the beginning of the year where there's one day of the year where you can uh, you can duke it out with uh, neighbors or family fa- members. There's one day of the year where you can actually take out your frustrations and beat the shit out of each other legally, just to get rid of this. Uh, you know any bad blood, and then it kind of renews it for the next year. But they do do Wait, that. Wait, kind of, kind of like purge for dysfunctional families. Yeah, except you're not killing anyone, but you might be smacking each other over the head with a with a hammer or a shovel <laughs> or something like that. They they get together. It's like you know what? Remember back a couple of months ago, you stole my cow or something. Well, I'm gonna we're gonna duke it out right now and get it. Get, we're gonna we're gonna deal with this right now, and it's legal, and it's like one day of the year. It's usually around New Year's too, and then everything kind of resets. It's just a way for people to get their aggression out legally. So it's it's like the purge light. Yeah, the purge light. You got it. Nobody's getting uh, right. shot or killed or anything like that. 
<laughs> no, well, you know, but they might want to, but they don't. So it's all good. So, so yeah, so we'll, I, I think we could actually incorporate that into Festivus parties. So now the 25th has two other holidays that happen at the same time for people that don't celebrate Christmas. One is kind of a controversial one, but I do celebrate it, and I actually showed the holiday special for the New Year's party last year, and that is Life Day, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, Life Day on Chewbacca's planet for Star Wars. Yes, there are people oh, who celebrate yeah. Life Day. So, uh, you know, uh, and that's on the 25th. And then one of my favorite holidays, and it's from a show I never watched, but I love the holiday, and I watched its holiday special every year. There was a, a teen drama called The O.C. on Fox, which was absolutely, like, one of those, like, it was like Gilmore Girls, but way better. Like, it was actually well-written, fun, intriguing show. And they had a mixed family. It was one of the first shows to have a Jewish family married into a Christian family. So the brothers, stepbrothers, invented Chrismuka. And Chrismuka starts either on Hanukkah or on Christmas and ends right around eight days around Christmas and it's eight days of presents and then one day of many presents. And this year, uh, Christmas starts on Christmas day. And, uh, there is something called the Yama clause and go on Etsy. That's the only way you can still get them. They have their own website, but they can still buy Yama clauses to this day, which is a cute little yarmulke that looks like a Santa Claus hat. And I just bought one for my friend Alex because he's a huge fan of the OC back in the day. So, and so he needed a Yama clause. My husband has a Yama clause. Everyone needs a Yama clause. So I highly recommend Chrismuka and the Yama Clause. So, and then of course on the 26th, going back to Boxing Day, Cash Year, Boxing Day, and Kwanzaa also starts, which is actually our African American traditional heritage holiday, and uh, that is actually rather bigger than Boxing Day here. Kwanzaa, especially in this area, the D.C. area, is very large. We have Kwanzaa festivals at work. This is actually like more of those. They have a feast and music, and it's rocking. Uh, so, but Boxing Day in America, at least when I was a kid, the only tradition we actually followed was the day that we were actually supposed to give my parents food in bed for that day and we ran the household and then they were the kids is that how they do boxing day in canada no no boxing day is just another day where you don't have to go to work and you just sit in your pajamas all day and do whatever you want and shop if you want to the way it was <laughs> the way growing up with me the way it was generally is christmas was for your immediate family that's when you got up and you spent the day with your family, you know, you're all opening up your presents and drinking your eggnog and having dinner. Boxing Day is when the entire family got together to exchange gifts. That's the way it was for, for our family. So Christmas Day was primary family. Boxing Day was when the entire family got together. Is that seen different same for you, like that? Uh, Pardon? Is it the same for you, Queenie? Well, Boxing not really day? because I don't, have a, I don't really have a traditional family. But, uh, oh, of course. On Boxing Day, I would just stay home and buy shit online or play video games, and that's what I did. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah, that's what I do on Christmas. I play video games, so that's often yeah, what I'm doing. Or go to the movies. That's, that's often movies. what happens. Yeah. Go to movies. Yeah, I like to go uh, to the movies on Christmas Day. 
Yeah, I, I got a guy yeah. at work. He's like, you know what? I'm going to go see Star Wars on Christmas because it's Christmas, and I just heard that the theater's open. There's nobody going to be there on Christmas. And I'm like, yeah, you want to bet? You let me know how it's not packed on Christmas Day. There's always people <laughs> the show on Christmas. Yeah, I did a double feature one Christmas, and I saw back-to-back um, nine uh, and oh, what was the other one? It was, but the theater was cold and miserable. But I remember watching Nine with uh, Daniel Day Lewis was one of them. So whatever the other big movie was that year, <laughs> I, I was forced to work at my very first job. I was an usher in a movie theater, and I was forced to work on Christmas Day. And Christmas Day is actually really slow in the mornings, but in the afternoon it can get busy. Cash is right; it gets very busy in the afternoons, but. The you know, 10 o'clock show on Christmas morning on a Sunday, nobody is going to be there. And I was forced to work on my minimum wage job. My parents actually left me in, in the Bay Area and drove to my grandparents and celebrated Christmas, and I was alone. And I couldn't believe it, and I was devastated because I was really into Christmas still at that time. My husband, who wasn't my husband yet, came and visited me, and he went and saw the Mighty Ducks. Uh, which was playing in the theater, and he was the only one in there. And all you could hear all two hours was, woo, yeah, woo, yeah. It made my day. <laughs> I always, I made my Christmas, and it's always been in my top five favorite Christmases of all time. It was when my husband came and bailed me out and kept me company. So, uh, <laughs> so anyway, I digress, but that's one of my favorite Christmas stories. So, um Mighty Ducks. So movies are definitely connected to Christmas uh, completely. Uh, speaking of Christmas and horror, though, um, I, I am going to talk about this holiday because I was really supporting it. I called him and asked him to be on the show tonight, and he's like, I don't do talk shows. Whatever, dude. Uh, but uh, Necrofeast is a horror community invented a holiday. And uh, it's actually gained, it's about two or three years old. Queenie actually celebrated Necrofeast a couple years ago and made a cake. Did you not? I did. Uh, I did. You did. It was a you, delicious cake. You did. It was, it was a beautiful. You should post that picture because it was a beautiful skull, crystally like uh, uh, a Christmas cake, but it was a, hu- uh, a skull. So it's kind of a, a gothic Christmas alternative. So dark, snowy nights, Christmas cemeteries in the snow, uh, you know. So it's almost like a combination of Day of the Dead and Christmas. And that's on the 27th, and that's Necrofeast. And uh, there's a Facebook page run by my friend CJ. He's a horror host but uh, won't go on talk shows, <clears throat> but, you know, and, but I still think the holiday is totally worth supporting because, it, it, once again, it brings out those more gothy, darker sides of, like, the Dickens tales and things like that. So, and, it's more like oh, dark and paganism. Huge, it's like dark paganism. The, you know, yes, the whole the night is longer, and we do our dark rituals during the night. and You know, it's kind of like that. There's also a huge Native American flair and lots of Wendigo oh. action in Necrofeast. And I'm a huge fan of, Necro- uh, of Wendigos. One of my favorite winter films, which I forced most of you guys to watch this year, was The Last Winter by Larry, uh, by uh, uh, Last Best Vendor. Have you ever seen that, Cash? No, Last, no I haven't. With Ron Perlman? Oh, my God. With Ron Perlman. Ladies, which one of you wants to talk about this film? It it blew me away. It really did. I was extraordinarily surprised by how well it was done. 
uh, not only that, but it was very interesting to watch. Kind of like, I mean, do you like the thing? Carpenter's the thing. Oh yeah. Kind of that ice, that isolation feel of fear. Last winter is fucking great. <laughs> yeah, it it's an environmental horror film. It's and it literally is the last winter, and the Wendigos come to kick some ass. It doesn't quite stick the landing once again, but the acting is really strong. The sense of isolation and madness is present. Dark filming, beautiful, scary score. Highly, highly recommend the last winter. And that's a, that's actually a film I watch almost every Christmas. I actually think it in its own way it's a Christmas film. Because Wendigos, ha- these Wendigos are the ones that have horns on their heads, look kind of like caribou. So and caribou are flying reindeer, so you'll never look at reindeer the same way after you watch. Well, the they kind of so. last winter kind of hit um, all things that you could possibly be afraid of. It, I mean, just like it hit every fear. It punched each person. Like any fear you may have, it punched it. So it, I'm looking you know, for that I, right now. Yeah, so have a look and let us know if you liked it or not. It's pretty. I made them watch that as a double feature with The Thaw with Val Kilmer, which is this hysterical environmental horror film that takes place in the Arctic Circle. So look for that, too, but it's not nearly as good. <laughs> so... Um, uh, and, uh, you know, there's also a lot of horror and Christmas on the web, and I wanted to shout out to two, uh, or actually three. One, I'm going to say the son of Celluloid, what's up? Because every year he releases his holiday metal music mix. And so talk to Nathan Hamilton, who was just on Cash's show uh, on the West Yeah, we just, uh, had him the, last, uh, for, we just had him for the Texas for the, Chainsaw Massacre show. Yeah, for the Gunner Hassan show, but he always, every year, does this nice hardcore metal Christmas mix. So uh, go go to his website. He hasn't released it yet. He's still working on it, but he's almost done. So look for that. But I wanted to shout out to one of my favorite women on the web, and I'm going to try to get her on the show, uh, Sexy Witches, in season two. And her name is Sarah Jair. Sarah Jair was one of the first female horror bloggers in the country, one of the first websites devoted to horror, specifically women's horror, it was called Fatally Yours. A lot of us horror community got our first gigs writing for her on this website, and she no longer has Fatally Yours. We miss it dearly, but she does do the Spooky Vegan, and starting today on Spooky Vegan, she does the 13 Days of Creepmas. And so every day there's a poem or some kind of film or something artsy and cool and gothic. And uh, she's also a huge Disney geek, so there's lots of Nightmare Before Christmas imagery and dark imagery. So highly recommend the Spooky Vegan Fog and the 13 Days of Creepmas. So look for that. And, and then one of my boys out on this coast, his name is Thomas Bryce, and Cashews, love this guy. Um, actually, Aaron, believe it or not, you actually have attended the same horror conventions that might not have met. Uh, he was at Blood at the Beach for most, uh, I think, all three years. So, And he's a local guy in, uh, in Philadelphia, and he has Shit Movie Fest in his website. And starting today is the 25 Days of Shitness, which is like a bad movie every day up until Christmas. So go read his blog. 
25 days. There'll be contributors. It's always a lot of fun. So the 25 days of shitmas. So those, so that's my horror fan events and all my Christmas stuff. Before we move on, is there anything we want into a few more things before we leave today? Is there any more Christmassy things that either you, Queenie, we'll start with you, or Aaron or Cash want to talk about horror or whatever to wrap up our talk here today? Um, I don't think there's anything that I want to contribute. Um, usually there's something like in Eugene around um, December, I think it's 28th or something like that. They do a little uh, parade, a Krampus parade. It's nothing like Yay. the Portland one, but it's a nice one, and people have good costumes. Fabulous. And uh, what about you, Erin? Anything about the Christmas season that you wanted to elaborate on? Well, this year my town, Clifton Forge, um, which was basically built simply by the railroad, and the railroad is the only reason this town still exists because <laughs> it's come through here. But they have this new museum um, where they have old box cars and, and train cars and stuff. And they're going to be showing the Polar Express um, all throughout December at certain times. So you can come bring your kids on a train car and have hot chocolate, watch the movie, and do fun things like that. Roanoke, however, has like this Dickens of a Christmas celebration, and I think there's plenty of them around the country, but uh, where they celebrate Dickens, Charles Dickens' Christmas Carol, things like that. So you have uh, the all the ghosts roaming around as well as carolers and, and period dress, and you can buy roasted chestnuts on the street. It's pretty fucking cool. So, Cash, what is this? do you have any final thoughts about Christmas or Krampus or Christmas horror you want to add before we move on to our non-Christmasy part of the calendar. Yeah, make sure uh, if you haven't seen Bob Clark's Black Christmas to get your ass out there and watch that film, especially like Christmas Eve night, you know, everything's all dark. My suggestion is turn all the lights off, but maybe put on mm-hmm. some Christmas uh some lights or something like that, just to give you a little bit of a dark ambience of Christmas and throw on Bob Clark's uh, Black Christmas and just crank it because that is a terrifying film. You could watch that movie on June in the middle of the day and it would still terrify you, absolutely. And as far as Christmas goes, you know, if anyone's feeling down over the holidays, somebody said it before tonight, Christmas is what you make it, you know, don't feel down, just... Do what makes you feel uh, good during the holidays, and it'll be over before you know it, and it'll be 2016, and everybody will be partying the New Year, so don't sweat Christmas. Well, thank you, Cash, for guest hosting as always, and I always thank the sexy witches. I'm going to take the last 15 minutes and read the rest of my community calendar. Uh, any of you are welcome to stay on, uh, or are you welcome to book out? Uh, what? Who wants to stay and who's... Should I stay or should I go? Da, da, da. Sorry, I, I think sexy witch Aaron here is going to book out. My stomach all right, is going we'll all day. <laughs> all right, girly, but you'll come back on the fifteenth for our special Star Wars episode, correct? Like I would miss Star Wars. I'm going to be wearing my Leia shirt. Oh, hell yeah. Force Awakens. We are definitely, like all geeks, we have to do Star Wars, and that's our season finale. So we'll see you in two weeks, Erin. Have a good one. You too. Ladies, I'm going to get thank you very much for having me on again. Okay. And please tell us, you just rolled on episode 49. Is that correct? 
Yeah, we're finally going to get the uh, reanimator show out within the next couple of weeks. We just recorded it last night. Woo, finally. I'm so excited to listen. So let me know. And I loved, I listened to the last episode and I loved it. And thank you again for always being on the show. You're super knowledgeable. Uh, oh, I forgot one more thing, guys, before you go. Um, I want to give a huge shout out to Doc Terror, James Harris. He went through surgery today. Um, he had yeah, a cyst on his lung. And he's out of surgery. He's awake and we're waiting for results. But get well soon, Doc Terror. We don't want you in the hospital. So, anyway, right. I wanted to let you guys know that. But uh, have a good one, Cash, and thank you for being on the show. Take care, sexy witches. And if I don't talk to you before, have a Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Happy holidays. Take oh, care. you, Queenie. It's just you and me now. Well, Are you going to stay on? Or <laughs> you want to stay on and finish this bitch? Let's finish this bitch. Let's finish this bitch. All right. And this is actually some fun stuff here. You ready? So we talked about Krampus. We talked about holiday stuff. But, you know, there's more than that coming up. And one of those things is our fan events of the week. We have two. Uh, One is here in my neck of the woods, Walker Scocker in Secaucus, New Jersey. So, you know, Walker Scocker Atlanta is the biggest one. And Queenie Aaron was just there and I uh, talked about it in a previous episode. But Steve Young is the um, headliner who plays Glenn, but Vampire Diaries and a bunch of other shows will also be there. So that's on the 4th through the 6th of this weekend. And uh, has a Walker Stalker come to the West Coast yet? No, we haven't had anything like that. Yeah, I'm really surprised. You think they would? I mean, it makes total sense that Atlanta would have it, you know, but, you know, we have it up here because we have New York nearby. Uh, but I think that, you know, Walker Stalker's mad crazy. He, I, I, I kind of stay away from it because I'm not a huge Walking Dead fan, but, uh, you know, it, a lot of people love it, including Aaron. So. Now, something a little bit mellower and not nearly as a zombie-ish is uh, Yule Ball, and that's in L.A., and that's also, I think, on the 12th, okay? And what Yule Ball is, it's a... Um, it's a, a Harry Potter-themed dinner, and you dress up in your favorite, you sort yourself into a house, and you dress up as your favorite home, and you pay money, and you go to Hogwarts, and you have dinner. And they're doing a, a similar version of Yule Ball here in Orlando at the uh, uh, Universal Studios, uh, the Islands of Adventure. They're also doing a Yule Ball for Christmas. So I thought that was pretty cool. So Harry Potter fun. fans. Yeah, I, I, I done. I'm and Kelsey, I'm Ravenclaw, by the way. Uh, Kelsey <laughs> was actually supposed to go and ended up selling her tickets, but uh, so that's why I didn't talk to her about it. But she, know, if you want to know, talk to Kelsey. Go on her webpage or go look it up on Facebook. You'll, you can see Yule Ball. Uh, now, one of my personal favorite events, and neither one of us are allowed to go to this year, Queenie, but I still give it a <laughs> shout out, is But Numathon. But Nomathon is always around the 12th this year. It's on the 12th, and that is Head Geek Harry Knowles' birthday party. 24 hours of films. You have no idea what they're going to play, but we do know one of those films. And I can't wow. say it out loud because uh, right now it's kind of, it hasn't been officially announced, but it will be very soon. But I'll give you a hint. It has something to do with a guy in a unitard. Oh, jeez. Yeah. The poster, he's right on it. We won't talk about more. Uh-oh. I can't. I can't. 
I was told to keep it in the group, but I've seen the poster, and, and works. hooray for being at Hooray, hooray. So good luck for them. They're going to have a great time as always. It is called Greek Christmas for a reason. I went to being at eight and in 2006, and it started my blogging career, really. I mean, if you call it a career, I haven't made any money, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, you know, it started me, the, uh, it was 24 hours. I saw Rocky Balboa and Dreamgirls and Black Snake Moan and 300 on a digital print. A lot of older films, Inherit the Wind, uh, a, a Hanna-Barbera porn called uh, Once Upon a Girl, which go look for oh that, God. Queenie. Uh, you know, and, of course, Stunt Rock trailer. That would be like Christmas um, it's, Miracle. Oh, it's so much fun. And, and, and a huge bag of swag. And so, but now this on 17 and Austin, Texas at the Alamo Draft House Lamar. If you can get in, they do have rush tickets Saturday morning for people that were no-shows. They are lotteries. There's usually only one or two, but it is a slim chance that you can go to the door and get in. And if you do, do it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Awesome. Um, yep. Now, also, uh, so hooray, hooray on that. Um, and as soon as Harry drops the finished poster, it's going up on the Facebook page. I can't wait to show it to you, Queenie. You're going to flip. So um, I'm so excited for it. I wish I was going. And are you a fan of Queenie? Let me ask you this question. I'm going to play some for you. Oh, Oh, MST3K. Yes, I am. Yes. So, (laughs) of course you are. And this is our crowdfunding pick of the week. Uh, It actually could have been last week's, too, but I didn't have time to talk about it because I had way too many guests on. Like, oh, my God. Pat and Oswald and Felicia Day are going to be, uh, you know, are going to be Forrester and TV Frank. Oh, my God. That is so crazy. Awesome. And right now they are actually raised about $3.4 million, which guarantees six episodes. And at their next goal, it's 4.4. They go to nine. If they get their whole $5.5 million through Kickstarter, MST3K will give us a full 12 episode run. And if they get more than that, they'll even do it in front of a live audience. So, uh, you know, definitely. I'm actually thinking for my birth for Christmas supporting this particular project. The perks on the Kickstarter are great. You know, it's all about if you're going to, you know, they lots of swag, even on the low level, you know, $25 level. They have, you know, low levels and high levels. The highest levels are all gone. The $10,000 pledges are already gone. Can you believe that? Wow. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. At, at that level, you've got, after, you've got premiere tickets, after-party tickets. The, the top one, you actually get to write jokes for the show. <laughs> and one, you, and so one cool. you get to write an, and you can write an episode on another one. Like, these perks are yeah. mad crazy. So if you're putting out the money, they're giving you some results. But even on the lower level, they have coffee mugs and DVDs and T-shirts. And, and even for middle people that can afford a little money but not a lot, the premier tickets at the at the $300 level. Uh, so I highly recommend – this is a Kickstarter campaign that has a bang for its buck and will deliver a phenomenal product. 
So we're, we're looking forward to this. I am. At least I am. So That sounds great. I'm interested in that. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So we're, we're looking. I just wonder what movies they're going to get. So, you know, we don't know. <laughs> yeah. I know. I'm, like, chopping at the bit on that one. So, <laughs> now, Queenie, I also want to talk about movies a little bit more because even though we've focused on Krampus and Christmas horror, there are two other theatrical – actually, there's three theatrical releases I want to bring attention to. One I can't absolutely wait for, and I'm shaking like a leaf, and it's Michael Fassbender in in Macbeth. Oh, my God. This is oh. great. <laughs> Uh, you know, sexy witches, not so sexy witches, and sexy Michael Fassbender. Oh God, Queenie, what else yeah. do you in life? Ugh. <laughs> so, you know, well, we um, all have there's cousins, also, you know. Oh man, you know Michael Fassbender. You know, I have a feeling he's attainable. I think he doesn't really. <laughs> he's not as picky. He's gorgeous, but he's not as picky as Sam stars are. So I, right. I, I think we one of us could snag him. I, I, I think we could if we wanted to, <laughs> at least for a night. At least for a night. You know. You've seen Shame. I've seen Shame. Have you seen Shame? Um, No, Yours? I have not, actually. Oh, you want to watch something painful and awesome all at the same time. It's Shame. Sure. And it's, a, it's not a pleasant film, but it's him as a sex addict. So you, you can <laughs> look up the band... Look up the band poster. You're going to get a kick out of that, okay. Queenie. I'm serious. Go check that out. Uh, so Michael okay. Fassbender this weekend is going to be in Macbeth. We also have a really cool uh, suspense thriller from Japan, the world of Kaneko, about this father looking for a missing daughter and finds out, daughter isn't such a nice girl. Uh, and it's <laughs> Japanese and twisted. So, you know, if you like blood and girls with schoolgirl uniforms, doing horrible things to each other, go definitely up your alley. So the world of Kaneko. And then last but not least, this doesn't look any good, but I'm going to recommend it only because it has a geek husband in it, is MI5, and it stars Kit Harrington from Game of Thrones, which doesn't mean oh, it's really? going to be good at all, but it's Kit Harrington no. shooting guns. <laughs> what else do you need? I mean, come on. <laughs> I'm sold right. at Kit Harrington. <laughs> so, at least you've got some eye candy. Oh, the poster's ridiculously stupid. It looks terrible. I mean, it looks like a like a, a Mission Impossible ripoff or, or a Fast and Furious ripoff. I'm not sure what they're trying to rip off, but they're trying to rip off somebody. So, <laughs> so those are the three theatrical picks besides Krampus. So there's a lot of good things in the theater to see right now. Um, and on DVD, yeah. um, DVD picks today, Amy Winehouse's documentary came out which is supposed to be phenomenal. It's just shortlisted for Oscar, so we will more likely see it as a nominee at Oscar time. Mm-hmm. So, And everyone says the Amy House Winehouse documentary is great. Uh, lots of horror came out today, and some really good ones. Um, Goodnight Mommy from Germany, yeah. uh, which is supposed to be one of the scariest films of the year. I actually have it on my DVD player at, in my bedroom as we speak, and it's going in after air. So I will let you know if mm. I like Goodnight Mommy. Uh, cooties, which I also – Aaron seen Cooties. I haven't, but I have a copy that comes out today, which, which, which is a, a zombie uh, Boy Scout, which is funny. I've seen a lot of Boy Scout horror films this year. I just saw one – I saw Cub, which also has a bunch of Boy Scouts being killed by flashers and stuff. So, uh, you know, Cooties is zombie Boy Scouts. 
So it's supposed to be pretty good. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, so Cooties, so I, 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 hook me up. Uh, I, like, talk to Aaron. We we can get you a copy of Cooties. So, um, uh, Fear of the Walking Dead also dropped season one on DVD. And just for train wreck purposes only, I'm going to say Grace of Monaco with Nicole Kidman because that movie was supposed to be a theatrical release and then ended up being a lifetime movie, which bombed. And if it bombed mm. that bad, I have to see it. And I, I actually love the story of Grace of Monaco. So I, I wonder wh- what happened. So for Trainwreck, I have to vote. So, um, But that's it, pretty much. Don't forget a uh, very Merry Christmas on December 4th if you want to see some holiday action. And, uh, you know, Ant-Man, Minions. Um, Hulu comes out with the entire Friday the 13th franchise on instant, folks starting uh, today. So if you've never seen the Friday the 13th movies, you have your chance if you have a Hulu account. And uh, so that's basically it. Uh, there's lots of great things. That's that's our show today. Um, thank you, uh, Queenie, for being on the show. I really appreciate it. We had a great conversation. Thank you, Cash. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Aaron. Uh, we will be back in two weeks, Queenie, to talk Star Wars The Force Awakens and really so, more about fandom in much. general because it's not just about the movie. The movie is the movie. It's really about the fans because this was really the yeah, one original geek fandom. fandom. And it's I mean, the I'm reason why so. I'm a geek. <laughs> I was four when I saw Star Wars, and it changed my life forever. Uh, so, and uh, that's not an exaggeration. And uh, so we are definitely going to do a star, the Star Wars episode and finish. And Eric Polk from Dollar Bin Horror will be on, who's my resident Star Wars geek. He knows the expanded universe back and forth. Aaron Kogan, the cuz, will come on and also talk, and he'll talk about San Diego Comic-Con and all the Star Wars events in the L.A. area. And, of course, my sexy witches will be on, just rooting everybody on. So we're going to go out on – a Weird Al Yankovic song, and thank you again, Queenie, for being on the show, and everyone who's listening. Good film hunting, and blessed be. Thank you again. See you in two weeks for Star Wars.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.